to Chaos, Calm and Cleaning with me, Hayley Leach. And me, Carly Cunningham. Today we are joined by a very special guest. We are going to be keeping the guest anonymous today for reasons surrounding what she is going to be talking with us about. So for the purposes of this, our guest is going to be called Liz. Welcome to the show, Liz. We are so pleased to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to speaking about this topic, which is very uh, important to me. It is. Thank you so much for coming on, Liz. We honestly really, really appreciate it. And um, I know this is going to be a really sensitive discussion today, but I just feel like if this can just help one person, um, I know that's actually how you feel as well, then, you know, this is really, really going to be so worthwhile. And uh, yeah, we can only just say thank you to you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm ready to start my story, if you would like. Yes, um, please. Absolutely, uh, yes. We'd, we'd so love to hear what you have to say. Of a, um, a daughter in her mid-20s who suffered from 2013 um, through 2020. Um, initially, you know, there were some purging certain meals during times of stress at school. Now, this this started at an early age probably 11, 12, when girls are really mean in class and things like that. I do find a common thread in eating disorders and people that suffer. Um, Bullying is is one reason um, that stands out among several other reasons, trauma and various other things. But going back to my story of my daughter, um, there was some of that behavior that was a little bit disordered. I saw the GP who told me, don't do anything. I thought that was really weird. You know, like, why is he telling me not to do anything? Mm. But, you know, this was a bit, this was some time back now, you know, so it did resolve itself. And we had a a number of years without any problems whatsoever. In um, 2017, my daughter suffered a road traffic accident, um, an attack, and various other traumas. Oh, wow. That her big sister moved to another country. Just all of a sudden, her little world kind of crumbled um, because of not being able to attend school and disappointments and things like that. It set in really severely. At first, I didn't know it. You know, um, everybody said, you look great, which just fuels this disorder, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and um, it just carried on. And then on a shopping trip, she was trying on um, some clothing and I saw her and I was so devastated. I left and walked all the way home by myself. I, I was a mixture of emotions, anger, disbelief, shock and everything else. Um, there are no instruction books for this. And we we're not we're not ready to, to face these kind of things, especially if you don't have experience of um, eating disorders up close and personal. Absolutely. That's why it's very difficult to get support because um, your average person on the street doesn't have a clue. Um, the, the network of individuals that have been through this become a community and a family, and they can be very supportive to each other. But on the flip side of that, it's also a very competitive illness at times. And um, there's all, already a lot of body dysmorphia and confusion. And if you tell someone they're looking well, they may think, oh, my God, I've gained weight. I need to go and lose this 
this weight. Yeah. Or, you know, everything can be misconstrued in the mind of a person that's in the grip of an eating disorder. Regardless of weight, size, number, eating disorders have nothing to do with the size of a person, the weight of a person, or anything. Yeah. They're emotional situations and, and poor coping mechanisms, but they're far, far more serious than that. Um, you know, the mortality rate is one out of uh, five. So when I used to go to group chats, um, you know, support groups, if there were more than five of us in a room, well, I knew one of us was going to leave without a child, basically. So it, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, we, I really wish I could make a huge difference in this, in this area. If I just help one person, that would be, make me so happy. But girls, yeah. I'm talking nonstop. So what would you like to say to me? I have loads to say, but I don't want to dominate the conversation. So. No, we're, we're happy for you to talk. It's, we are. Okay. We really are. It's, I, I, can, I, I cannot even imagine what it has been like for you and your family. And I just think what I found quite interesting was when you went back to the bullying. I think it's really important that we let people know as well. Me and Carly, aren't we, Carly? We're going to do... Yeah. Um, a podcast on this at some point but I think oh, people great. need to realize there is power behind your words and Good. when you go on social media and you write something and you say something you might be thinking or even in real life you know oh it's just a comment it doesn't mean anything but actually it can have devastating effects on people oh yes if you Absolutely. think about Karen Carpenter um, her anorexia, which she lost her life to, mm. was, trigger was triggered just by a comment. So what I did a little bit of research, part of my re research showed that a simple comment can trigger it. Honestly, a comment, the wrong comment at the wrong time. Um, bullying. Um, there's a, a real strong link to this being on the autistic spectrum. Yeah. Now, the spectrum of autism is very broad, as you know. So you could Absolutely. be highly functioning autistic and not be like a nonverbal autistic person. Um, so, but there is a link, you know, a pretty strong link there as well. Um, and trauma, of course, sexual abuse and violence and certain things, certain types of trauma are also known to be linked to um, the, I, I know a actually two people that have passed away and they had links to um, sexual childhood sexual abuse. So that's also um, seems to be a commonality a little bit, at least in some yeah. patients. So, you know, it's the meaning that you give to things. And sure. when things are said and you don't have enough life skills, you, you don't have enough wisdom, you're still maturing, you're, you're in class with a bunch of teenage girls, for example, um, we, we take things differently when we're older. And, yeah. you know, when you're really young, yes, words are piercing. And um, the thing is, I did work in a school, which I can't identify, but I, I did work in the middle school there. And bullying was just rampant, you know, and I saw it all the time. And it was part of my job to, you know, well, no, part of what I wanted to do as my duty was to step in and try to soothe people that, you know, I could see what was happening on the playground. And, you know, frankly, when we're adults, it's it can be brutal out there. 
even in the workplace, life Mm -hmm. isn't going to change just because we have problems, but we have to change the way we feel about the problems. And that that's the meaning that we give to things in our lives. Yeah. And I think early education is extremely important. I wish there were more adverts, more ways to um, diagnose it earlier and all that, because it is an extremely complex, very treatment resistant um, illness. And many doctors, you know, GPs, let's say, they don't have a lot of experience and that through no fault of their own. But like I said, if you haven't lived with it, you, you really don't know what you're dealing with, but it's the devil, actually. I've yeah. never witnessed a more heinous illness because it is it takes the mind, body, and the soul of the person mm-hmm. and just sucks the life out of them is what happens if, if you let it have its way. Now, the thing is, when you're in the clutches of it, it's just nearly impossible to, to break free. But I would like to say something. I really hope one person can hear me there is hope wherever there is life there is hope i promise we we cannot lose hope anybody out there struggling right now and thinks they cannot go another day let me tell you you know this is one chapter in your book it's not the whole book yeah maybe it's the bad chapter just think of your life as a book and you're the author you know, Absolutely. you can Absolutely. finish that bad chapter and move on to the next chapter, which can be a better chapter. If you don't have a sense of purpose and you don't have a, fe- uh, if you feel feelings of hopelessness, it's really difficult because sometimes you're just too unwell to get well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But if you can have talking therapy or get the right combinations of medicines, which, by the way, do take forever to work. No one should think they can just pop a few antidepressants and that's going to solve anything. No. That To get your medications right, it can sometimes take years, I'm sorry to say. Never stop trying. Be persistent. Go to a higher dosage if you need. Be persistent. And self-care is very important um, and, most, and most difficult for someone that's suffering with mental health issues. But even just learn to love yourself in some kind of way that you're able to. If it means allowing yourself an extra slice of toast, let's say, or buying one less binge purge, you know, shopping trip and things like that. If you know, you don't have to get well overnight. It can be gradual. If you're, let's say restricting, you could add in something that's not too fearful. And and make an effort to not compensate for that. If you are purging, you can go from 15 times a day and try five times a day. You can negotiate with yourself. That doesn't always work, but you're not going to lose anything from trying to negotiate with yourself. Because ultimately, you're the only single person that can do anything about your situation. And that's the sad thing because... It's like, you know, witnessing someone drowning and, and you can't get to them. It's, it's just impossible. It's impossibly difficult because the people that love you and your family members and all living with the eating disorder, it sucks. I hope I'm allowed to say that on here. It's yeah, hard. Yeah, absolutely. Hard. 
family members get frustrated. They get fed up with it. They, they don't know that it's not a choice to be like that um, because it looks like you're making a choice, right? But you're yeah. possessed, basically. So it's not a choice. It's You're just driven to it. It's, it's an addiction, basically. Um, in my opinion, it's an addiction and a very severe one. So, I mean, there are lots of programs. You know, there are um, Eating Disorders Anonymous. I'm not sure about what's happening with COVID and this and that, but it's called ABA, I think, Anorexics and Bulimics Anonymous. There's Overeaters Anonymous. I'm not that familiar with that, but um, there are support systems that work for some people, um, but they don't work for everyone. The truth is, if you don't want to get well, you're, you're, you, you're not going to get well because, you know, you have to want it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you want it, you have to at least, even if it's one, one improvement, you know, if that's all you can manage is to keep down a cup of black coffee. Well, it's better than nothing. It's not good enough. Let's be fair. Um, maybe put some milk in it the next time. Maybe the next time put some full fat milk in it. Maybe the next time add a sugar. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is baby steps. It's baby steps. I always say, yeah. I always say this to the girls I work with. Um, and I say to them, you know, it's, it's almost like it's, when they have, when you have, a, I always say when you have a bad day, it's okay. Be kind to yourself that yes. you've had a bad day, but when the good days come, remember that you're having those good days. And when you have the bad days, remember you have the good days. And it's almost like, again, it goes back to self-care. And and because, you know, this illness, it's um, it's almost like perfectionism all the time, isn't it? And when they're having those bad days, they, they feel angry with themselves that they're even having the bad days, if that kind of makes sense, what no, I'm saying. No, oh, it completely makes sense. Yes, we must. That's like relationships. You know, you, you only focus on, you know, all the good things that you've lost, bad things that you left behind. So that's yeah. called black and white thinking. And we're not meant to think black and white, you know, because nothing is black and white. Everything's gray. So the point is, um, yes, focus on your wins, whatever they are or however small they are. If you're an artist and you produce a nice piece of work, take pride in that. At least love yourself for something that you can do that's pleasing to yourself yeah. outside of your eating disorder. Because unless we tie you back to life, a life that you feel is worth living, then you won't have the motivation to, um, to, to get this done because it's going to be super, super hard, but it's possible. I promise. And, you know, the story of my daughter continues. Um, she spent many years in and out of inpatient facilities, which left a lot to be desired. Um, she weight restored once during all her treatments, but that, that didn't last because we had the stress again. You know, when stressors come up, like we mentioned for younger people, bullying, things like that, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't take much for a person that's already fragile to yeah. just kind of get pushed over the edge. So, Another thing I would say to girls um, and, and men, of course, anyone can suffer at any age, um, is, you know, to not to give up, definitely not to give up. Yeah, to giving up some isn't kind an of option. hope. 
Yeah. Make sure you get a good support system around you or at least one person you can go out with and have a coffee or something. If you don't have a sense of community, because it's a very isolating illness, um, if we don't have a sense of community, you know, when you go out, even just to have a coffee, um, you feel better when you get back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the isolation of this is is so lonely and so sad, and you alienate people, which you should really, really try, you know, even a small conversation to someone in your home. If, if you're feeling it, it all, it seems to always help. The problem is um, a lot of people don't know what to say, right? It's not yes. intentional. They, and they have good intentions, but they just don't have the experience to know what to say to a person or to get in, inside a person's mind that's suffering in the grips of that, whether it's body dysmorphia, whatever kind of eat, binge eating, overeating, whatever it is. It all goes back to emotions, feelings, things that you're not satisfied with in your life. But like we said, you're the author of your own book and you can write it how you want to write it. Like, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered by and for? You know, you don't want to be remembered as a person that lost their battle and as another statistic. And, you know, whatever your fear, if you're dealing with trauma abuse, you know, any of these big things, attack the problem, address it, even if it's painful and just excruciating until you deal with all the trauma, it's going to be more difficult to move forward, but you can do it simultaneously. You can deal with the trauma. If you're honest, we're only as sick as our secrets, by the way, Mm -hmm. if you're really brutally honest with someone and you're able, like your, your therapist or you know, a trusted person. Um, Honesty makes us more well. And if you can deal with the traumas or whatever you think actually caused it or triggered it, it could be that your mother was like that. And so you're like that. Yeah. But our problems, all the problems humans face go back to to our origins. It's our family of origin. Mm -hmm. We don't get to pick that. We're born into the world, into the family we're given. Um, whether we like it or not. So most of these problems, they get, they take root pretty early on. They Well, eating disorders can happen at any age, of course. Even I know people in their 50s that have just gotten an eating disorder. So um, I'm just saying, if you try to deal with the root cause, that that's a good start to enable you to perhaps start to change your behaviors. You will cycle through contemplation, determination, all that, that cycle thing, you know, um, you'll, you'll, you won't be in the mood one day you will, you know, it's going to, and that's fine. There's, it's your journey. You can make the journey what you want. You know what? You can decide just to have a better day tomorrow than you had today. And maybe that's good enough. It's just a little bit of progress, even if it's a teeny tiny bit. It will build your confidence. And, you know, you, you might have your click moment. You might get into your recovery. You might not give a damn what size, you know, your your clothing is. You may not, you may stop comparing yourself to other people. You may, you may find love for yourself, the love that you need. What we really need the most in our lives is what we need to give to ourselves, really. 
So if you feel unloved, the thing you need to do is to love yourself. You know, if you feel unwanted, you want, you need to want yourself. You know, there is a life. And I feel very, very strongly that anybody within that's this, you know, acutely unwell, let's say, or even not as acutely unwell, but you've got to play on your strengths. Use the good cards in your hand of cards and rely on that. There is, there has to be one thing that you're good at. I, I don't know. Nobody on this earth, everyone on the earth has some kind of gift, whether it's compassion, maybe you're more robotic and you're maybe you're a thinker, not a feeler, let's say. Well, there, then, you know, you can go fix someone's computer. I mean, yeah. that's a silly example, but I'm no, saying play right. on your strengths because, you know, those are the things that you do have. Um, and you know what? I don't know one person that hasn't gone through like really bad stuff. So, you know, if you think everybody is, if Instagram is real, well, I don't think so. No. It, this is a, this is one snapshot out of someone's entire life. What about the 999 horrific photographs for the one good one? I mean, that's what you need to think about. Stop comparing yourself to others. I can't give you better advice than that. Forget yeah. it. Be done with all that. You know, be done with it. Compare today to yesterday. Don't even think, you know, about comparing yourself to other people because, you know, why do you have to be perfect? Who said you have to be perfect? What's the fun in having to be perfect? That's not fun. No. That's slavery. Girls, say something. I feel like I'm talking nonsense. Do you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> I was going to actually ask you, because um, it's interesting talking to you because you're a parent that's gone through an, um, an eating disorder and anorexia with, with a daughter. And I always think about what my mum had to go through when I was a child with the illness. And I think looking back now that I work in a clinic with girls with eating disorders and I see the parents and everything they go through and how incredibly hard it is. And I just have so much compassion, you know, for them because I think, and I oh, you must, me, that's well, so I, sweet of you because every nicety counts when you're in the throes of dealing with it because yeah. you feel absolutely hopeless. Yeah. Like you would move heaven and earth for the person and if they're not ready it's not going to happen so it's so counterintuitive and i feel like i'm interrupting you i apologize no i i just want to say all. parents they they i never thought about my suffering because i thought how much worse my daughter was suffering mm. um yes it was a lot an awful lot of suffering but I always thought how much worse it was for her. And mm. then that helped make it a little bit better for me. Not better. That's kind of a stretch. But um, I just felt... Maybe, I, I you know, more. I felt lots of pity. But love goes a long way. If you have a trusted person that really loves you, then it should be unconditional, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you have even one person that loves you unconditionally, you can lean on that person for a bit more support. Um, I'm here also to offer to talk to anyone that, that, that believes that I could be of help. Um, if anyone wants to reach out, you can reach out to Haley and Carly. And I, I really don't mind, you know, helping someone who's going through a hard time. Um, cause really I've kind. been there. 
I've come out the other side, which is absolutely miraculous. So basically, um, what happened, I'm not going to say the kind of incident or give too many details, yeah. but yeah. Um, my daughter sustained a severe brain injury as a result of her anorexia. She, um, yes, it's it's too, too bad to talk about, really. Yeah. Um, and we now have another set of issues to deal with, which we are. Um, the anorexia, uh, she's healed completely um, from that. I can't actually say I believed I'd ever see the day, but this is what the message I want to give is that it's absolutely possible to get better. Um, this is a person I really thought might not ever get better. Um, you can do it. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to take, you know, a real desire. And you're not going to feel that way about your life unless you have a purpose to live for. But like I said, I'm saying it again, you know, find something you like, you love, whether it's animals or people or traveling, whatever your passion is, go for it. This is not a dress rehearsal. Mm -hmm. This is life. This is the real deal. And we only get one shot at this. So it's make, make what you want out of it. If, if you really feel so low that you don't think you're worth anything more, then that's because you're not getting the right treatment. You need to change up your meds, get a new doctor, find a new friend, find a way to save yourself, right? Because mm -hmm. if it were your child you were trying to save, you would do anything you could. Of course, like we said, it has to be the person's decision mm -hmm. and come from the person. Um, and, and I understand that, but, um, you know, I, I can answer any questions you girls have. I mean, I could talk for forever about this topic. We can do another podcast someday. We could carry on. I, I can talk endlessly about it. If you want to ask me anything specific. I um, just, I just think it's such a, it's a, it's a, such a, I don't even know how to put it into words. I mean, what you've been through, you know, you're just an incredible person. You know, you're so super strong. Just listening to your voice is just Aww. very calming. Soothing. Like yeah, I, th I was, Carly, do you know, I was sitting here, honestly, Thanks. Liz, and I was thinking, I mean, if ever there was someone who could be a motivational speaker for yeah. people that need it, Aww. you are that person. Honestly, I'm not joking you. I just feel you're that's so why kind. You've, you've probably not heard us you know interrupt too much because firstly it's it's just really interesting hearing your story and just Aww. really heartbreaking actually but mm. also your voice is so soothing and your words are so um encouraging you know mm. oh thank so you encouraging. yeah you know I, i'll give you i would let, let's do some more drama here mm. i have been um in 2012 my husband had suffered an out of hospital cardiac arrest and that means his heart stopped. It's not yeah. a heart attack. That means you've got only minutes to save the person. Yeah. My son, God bless him, saved my husband until the paramedics came. And we went to a hospital in central London and he survived it. It was from a blood clot. That was the, my first real trial with, you know, um, I, I thought I might lose him. And that was a very, very hard thought to bear. But I yeah. got through that. So that was, 
what what I'm trying to say is what doesn't kill you can actually make you stronger. Absolutely. You yeah, come of out of this as a better person. Um, after that incident, a number of years later, I was back in the ambulance with uh, my daughter having a cardiac arrest. We went to the same bed, can you imagine, in the same hospital. And I looked up at God. I don't know who believes in God or who doesn't or whatever your higher power is or whatever you believe in. But I was like, is this, you know, what kind of joke is this? Not joke as in joke, but like, are you serious? Like, is this even happening? Days after yeah. here. Um, I had to go through um, another cardiac arrest with my daughter. Um, and then, you know, the final incident, which I don't want really want to discuss right no, now. No, 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 of course um, not. But anyway, what I want to say is... Uh, you know what? There were days I was so unwell because of my anxiety and nerves that I could not even stand up and walk. And and that's true. Like, I remember once being at a coffee shop and I heard her heart was failing. Uh, I heard it over the phone. I called three neighbors to tell them that I needed them to help me get home. But they thought I was joking. I mean, that's how much trauma had like kind of surged through me. Well, actually, terror is a better word. Yeah. Um, Terrorized, terrorized. So I remember I couldn't even stand up and walk. And I remember I used to have to leave crying all the time. So so my other children wouldn't see me. Sometimes it's hard to contain your emotions and things like that. But for anyone suffering with this illness, got to learn to communicate, even if it's difficult, maybe journal. You've got to find one trusted person um, so that you don't feel so alone. And it shouldn't be a person that is not a good influence, if you know what I mean. Mm. And, you know, if they say you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, you should think about who the five people are. And they do say that, that, Mm. you know, five people that you spend the most time with, that's kind of your tribe. So that's something to consider. If you're with hanging out with five people that aren't really good for you, you should change that. Mm-hmm. Or at least consider it. Everything you do, you have free will. You know, you do have free will over your life. So something I say to the girls often at the clinic I work at is that the most powerful thing, and I think this comes from what you're saying, Liz, is that basically, you know, yes, you can't change your past, but however, the future is yours. And I just see that as a really powerful, powerful thing. And I don't know, especially with this illness, because all right, it's taken that much time for you to say, for example, you know, some girls might be in hospital for a year or a year and a half or two years. And I say to them, okay, that's, that's okay. I mean, it's been horrific for you, but now you can make your future whatever you want it to be. And Mm. I just think that's a really powerful thing to know for anyone, really. I'd like to add something. May I interrupt you for a moment? Yeah. I would also like to say, if you need to do nothing for a year, then just do nothing for a year. There is no, you know, it is your life. If you're too low, too depressed or whatever, then if you just need to get through one day at a time, that's good enough. And you have to tell yourself and give yourself that permission to just do the best you can. You know, it's up to you if you want to raise the bar. I'm just saying, it doesn't matter if you don't finish uni on time. Who cares? 
It doesn't matter if you don't finish your book you're writing. It doesn't matter, you know, if you, you lost the, the marathon. None of that stuff matters at the end, does it? Is that what yeah. you're really going to be thinking about when you're leaving this world? No, trust me. There's so many. The best thing in life are, are the good things. It's not all disaster and doom. There's so many nice surprises or things that happen in our life. So many reasons to live. The beauty of the universe, love, friendships, the, all the best things in life are the things that are absolutely free. No money needed. I have um, a friend who has a lot of money. Um, he has a Lamborghini, Rolls Royce, several cars parked across the street. He's just had a major stroke. And I'm thinking, you know, the guy had everything. Yeah. And now the poor, the poor fellow is paralyzed in a wheelchair. The point of the story is, it's not what you don't have that's a problem. Like I said earlier, it's what, what you're missing you need to give to yourself. It's not going to be cured or healed by money or not having anxiety. There are medicines that help with anxiety. But, you know, there are, you're allowed to take medicine to help yourself with anxiety. If you need that, it's better to do that than to feel suicidal, for example. I mean, there are solutions, but you've got to be persistent in your search for solutions and take part in your treatment. Your team cannot treat you if you're not being honest. You know, if, you know, if you're falsifying your weight, water loading, putting stuff in your bra, I mean, whatever you do, um, you're, that's just like shooting yourself in the foot which doesn't yeah. really make much sense, does it? If you're in treatment, you're not supposed to be well, right? So if you're in treatment, um, your treating team, you really must be transparent with them. The good, the bad, and the ugly, they've seen it all before. Like yeah. we said, yes, you're not going to be the sickest person on the ward. I'm sorry if that's what you want. I'm not saying anyone wants that. I'm just saying because of the nature of the competitiveness of the illness yeah. every person that goes in inpatient for example for anorexia feels like the fattest girl in there well there's nobody in there that's fat we know or whatever yeah. that means anyway that does doesn't even matter but i'm saying everyone feels like the biggest um that's all bollocks of course so just you know be kind and gentle learn to love yourself learn to do even one kind thing for yourself and then maybe you can increase it to two kind things. If you don't think about, you know, if you think, find something that you love and try to latch onto it, as long as it's not something destructive. Um, yeah. Because if you spend time doing the things that you really enjoy, which is the important thing, it's not going to feel like work. It will be like a hobby. I think with this illness is, you know, with anorexia, with an eating disorder, there's such high amounts of anxiety. And I think if yes. you can try and find things that help your anxiety rather than using the, you know, the refusing to eat, because let's face it, the refusing to eat, the eat, the, the food, the, the fluids, that's just masking the, the problem. If you can actually just go and go for a walk, go for a walk. If you've got a dog, go for a dog. If you like music, play your music. If you want to go to a tree and scream, go to your, I always encourage the girls, I say, Go to a tree and scream. I believe screaming therapy, you know, just to let it all out. Just something. Speak to a family member, you know, your mom or your dad or I don't know, a sibling or a friend. 
just anything that isn't negative, something positive, so that your anxiety is being, you know, you're, you're finding ways to deal with it in a positive way, rather than, you know, refusing something that we all need to do as human beings every day of our lives, and that's eating and, and drinking. And I was going to say to you, actually, as well, um, that obviously, as a mum going through what you've gone through with your daughter with having anorexia and eating disorder, just how serious this illness really, really is. Um, and the impact of you telling us that, you know, there was, she did go through problems with um, heart failure and that I just sometimes think, you know, with this illness, and I, I was there myself as a young girl, you think you're invincible. And even Oh, yes, know, I was going to say that. I was, uh, I was going to say the the trick about the illness is you do feel like you you're the unicorn quote unquote the unusual one who's going to dodge and cheat death and that you're never going to have a heart attack and that you're never going to do a b c and d and you know that's only just being in a state of denial isn't it denial's yeah. much easier sometimes than facing the reality yeah and especially with addiction you know when we don't want to change something it's not going to change, is it? No. But just because you failed at it once doesn't mean you should, you know, throw out the baby with the bathwater, as they say. Yeah. The thing is, you got to get back to it and try again. Okay, you may fail again, but it doesn't matter. This is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter if you go to uni, if, if you wanted to be a doctor, if you think you should be A, B, C, and D, and it doesn't align with how you're feeling and in that moment in time, it is fine. It doesn't mean you're a failure because you didn't do it. It just means your life is taking a different path. And that's okay. It doesn't matter if you finish uni at 50 or 30 or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Don't give so much meaning to things that are really, in the scheme of things, very unimportant. If your mom wants you to do this and you don't want to do that, follow your heart. Everyone has an instinct, a gut instinct. If it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And, you know, that's something you can trust. It will never fail you. If something just doesn't quite sit right with you, trust your instinct. Yeah. So, and it's the same if something feels good. If it feels good, repeat the behavior. If, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that I think makes a lot of sense, actually. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, if you're not going to change, then you're going to stay the same, basically. So, yeah, um, I agree. I was just going to say, Hayley, do you have any questions um, that you wanted to ask? No, I don't. I think this has been, I think that, you know, Liz has really you know, shared so much today. And I really do believe it's going to help so many people. Even if um, it's one person out there that I get through to, <clears throat> I'm here. You can message me honestly. And, and it's my, my community service because I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, it's so easily could have been, you know, something that had a much worse outcome and i think all of us on this podcast have have gone through that with people that we love and yeah. um uh, there i have lost many people to this illness um through the community and it's um exceedingly painful i would like to save one person today i don't care who you are if you need me i'm here you can i've got your back definitely yeah. i won't give you an audience for your illness i won't do that 
because it's unfair to you. But if anyone needs advice or anyone actually really wants to change, um, I'm happy to offer, you know, anything I, I can do, you know. Um, and girls, I think we should definitely do another podcast on suicide because there's a very high rate of suicide definitely. Uh, among this population. Uh, bullying, yeah. any any way I can help in the future, I'm happy to do that. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed being able to share my uh, part of my story. Um, and I wish everyone love and peace and light. And, you know, hang in there, guys. There is hope. There is hope. Even when you feel the most hopeless you've ever felt. Yeah. Just remember, that's one page out of your whole book. And that's how you have to look at it. Forget black and white thinking. It doesn't work. And stop comparing yourself to other people. And go for personal best. Okay, maybe that's not what you envisioned. Like you're not as great as your sister. And, and you're not as great as your brother. Well, who cares? You are you. And that's how I, I'd like to wrap it up. Does anyone have anything else they need to say to me? No, I think you've said everything. I think this this has been so insightful and just so much I've you know just so much knowledge and I think so many people are going to listen to this and actually you know really I don't know kind of maybe relate in some way I, I want to send waves of love because love is very healing and yeah. I have a, an immense tremendous amount of love in my heart for anyone that's been cursed with this because it is just dreadful but it's not your fault Remember, it's not your fault. It's okay if you don't get it right. It's okay if you've been ill 30 years, but how about enjoying the next 30 in a better way? In, in yes. a way that you can demonstrate some self-care and some love and compassion for yourself. Forgive yourself. Love yourself. Give yourself a second chance. We're human. Humans are not perfect. Not one single one of us is perfect. Forget Instagram, put your phone down. And, you know, get into the real world and start mm. to experience something good. It could be a smile. It could mm. be anything. And I wish all you warriors out there all the best of luck. Well, I don't even believe in luck. I, I wish you courage and strength to face all your adversities. And it's not just you. It's rampant. It's everywhere. So, so many people are suffering, probably because of social media, blah, blah, blah. But <clears throat> anyway... You know, soldier on, and I know that's so cheesy, but the thing is, don't give up. Um, tomorrow's a new day. And, yeah. you know, make the most out of what we have left of today as well, because that's the present, like they say. But anyway, I really enjoyed this um, and happy to join you girls anytime. Well, I, I know that we would like to send, uh, Haley and I would like to send you so much love. And honestly, we're so thankful because we know how incredibly hard, I know full well how hard it is to not only go through this illness myself, but actually have, uh, you know, people very, very, very close to my heart uh, also of suffer course. this. You've um, suffered a lot. I know that I'm very well yeah, aware. And I think, and I think um, you know, just, you know, and also to your daughter, because, you know, and hope that, you know, she just, you know, has the best possible life now for, you know, going forward. We're going to make the most out of what we have because what else can we do in this world? Yeah. We are, we are to an extent dealt a hand of cards and maybe it's not the hand we want. But like I said, there are no rules. It's okay. 
Mm. It's okay not to be okay. You don't have to be okay. And um, I'm going to love you guys and leave you and I'll let you finish up your podcast. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it insightful, what our guest had to say. And me and Carly will leave links in the description box for you to different organisations if you've been affected by anything that we have discussed within this podcast. Also, guys, um, as Liz said earlier, if anyone that's been listening to the podcast today is struggling themselves or knows someone that is struggling, she did say that you can message her. So if you want to message Hayley or myself and we can put the questions back to her. Um, And yeah, I hope that if, like she said, if this just helps one person, then for us, that really does mean a lot. Absolutely. Sending lots of love to you guys always. Take care. Lots of love, guys.